Well, hello folks and welcome to We the Peeps. This of course is the American Soccer Podcast in which you are going to get to know everything that you need to know. No bobbles, no slips. The field's perfect about the US MNT. I'm Clayton and I'm a rapper. I'm Ty, I manage a web design company called Cantilever. And we love the Nets. Two wins in a row. Let's not discuss the teams we played to get those wins. <laughs> a win is a win, baby. It's, uh, it's three wins in the last five. Hot. hot. The Nets are hot. Red hot. <laughs> it's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. Welcome, folks, to the review sode of USA vs. Cuba. No big deal. Four nothing win Cuba. here. Back to your regularly scheduled programming. Potentially uh, a disappointing 4 0 win uh, to discuss here, if that's even possible. Uh, the Nats will make it possible. There is a way to disappoint. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but before, Anything can be disappointing. <laughs> but before we get into all that, uh, you know, just remember to hit us up with them reviews. We're going to do, uh, we promise for real this time, we're going to read some reviews, uh, but not today. <laughs> next, next episode. Uh, we're going to do that. So put your reviews in there, put your words in there. Why not do them five stars? I think that's the way to go. I think that's the appropriate choice. Uh, we'll take four. We'll take four, but please no nils. Uh, if that's is it possible to do a no star? No mm. star. Hmm. Well, Joe I guess we'll Rogan never know. Is about to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, okay. If you like Joe Rogan? <laughs> Joe, he he's cool. I'm cool with Joe Rogan. Got no problems. No no beef there. Should I? I don't think. I feel so. like someone's gonna be a someone's offended either way. Yes. Whether you like or don't like, he Joe is Rogan, one of those. Mad at he you. is yeah. one of those. Yes. And if you're neutral, the pe- you may anger all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, you're uh, wasting your vote, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, no votes wasted here. Get your reviews in. Also, follow us on Twitter at WTP Pod. That's really meaningful to us. We like to chit chat and have ideas. Hashtag Clayton Wonders. And tell a friend. Please do that. It really does make a difference. You might not think it does, but it does. And it's good for your life. Uh, It's actually going to raise or lower your blood pressure, depending on which direction you need that to go. Uh, It can can do both. So so tell a friend. Uh, End of housekeeping. And let's dive into it. Okay, USA Cuba. We'll start with the starting lineup. Uh, my first question coming into this was, what happened to Serginio Dest? He must have gone back to Ajax, huh? Nope, not at all. He's on the bench. Benched out. Benched hard. Uh, but we've got the away squad here being led uh, between the posts by Brad Guzan. Um, and then, of course, at the first possible opportunity, we started to see some burhaltery things. Uh, so because this is a weaker opponent, Burhalter decided to bring out Daniel Lovitz. Trot out center back Tim Ream. You love it. You know him. You love <laughs> it. Uh, Aaron Long, cool with that. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin gets the start cool, in cool. the midfield. We've got Weston McKenney, West Tone, Jackson UL, um, Yuletide, if you will. It's about that nice. season. 
And then, please, please, Greggy Berhalter's begging for it. Please, can I play Christian Roldan again? And he does, he does. Who, who with no Christian Pulisic on the field, was a Christian single. <laughs> it's just, the, he's the only Christian now. <laughs> um, have you heard the good news? Okay. Uh, Jordan Morris, Josh Sargent, and Paul. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> themes here. Yule Tide and... Christian singles? <laughs> Christian singles. Mm. Ready to mingle. Anyways, as I was saying, Jordan Morris, red hot Jordan <laughs> Morris, our, our flashiest star of the du jour, I suppose. The best player in MLS after uh, the All-Star break, uh, according geez. to Stu Holden. Yeah, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> Except for he Carlos Vela. had to run that And a lot, so other, a like, lot I, of other players. the American, best American. He was thinking about it for a while. How can I rephrase that in a way? Yeah. Uh, so that's a, that was a weird choice and probably not the case. But anyways, happy for you, Jordan Morris, Josh Sargent, and Paul Ariola Nips, the away coach player. Uh, folks, this game was bippity bobbity bobbly boo all over the place. Yes, the U.S. had most of the possession. Yes, we scored in the first minute. Josh Sargent? Question mark. Maybe, maybe that was a Josh Sargent goal. I mean, we'll give yeah. it to him. Ish, but it was it was bobbly bobbly all the way home. Uh, Humpty dumpting. <laughs> and it was one nil immediately, right off the gates. And then, uh, and then we got to see the U.S. kind of trot around this very small field in a training style intensity um, for ninety minutes. So I will mention the goals. We got a Jordan Morris goal. Nice, nice. Uh, this time he he managed to cut down that first touch from a good ten yards to about eight, and then he slots it home with the right foot. Which, by the way, is exactly what I said he could have done if he had a better touch in the last game. So he did it. That was cool to see. And then in the 39th, he scores a Gainsies. Uh, Half time, you know, I think what we should probably do is bring someone in for Jordan Morris because he's playing so well. Uh, so let's Burhalter Burhalter ourselves as hard as we can and sub Jordan Morris out for Tyler Boyd Boyd Boyd. We'd see another couple substitutions in this half. Uh, we got to see Reggie come in for DeAndre Yedlin and uh, and of course Alfredo Morales for West Tone. Again, not sure why, but we'll try to make sense of all of it. And the last goal here was one from Josh Sargent, which was a nice take, nice finish, left foot. Loved it. That's a legit goal. I'll give him 1.5 goals on the night. Real goal here. Ty, what were your first impressions after this must-win versus Cuba? Well, I think over the course of the two games in this break, we learned where the U.S. team is at, which is slightly better than Canada. (laughs) They just kept showing that table. U.S. firmly in first place. Tied for first place. A a strong grip on first place. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, we we wondered, I think rightly, whether this squad, uh, as cultivated by Berhalter, would be prepared to, you know, go go to one of these quirky venues and, and play a good game. And they passed that test. So you have to give them some credit. You know, I, um, I kicked, uh, uh, Morris off my plane on my personal uh, trip to the Cayman Islands and did not invite him to the away team. And he he showed why maybe that's a mistake. Um, Now, you have to caveat everything uh, with the fact that there was barely an opponent. 
So this True. is purely the U.S. against the circumstances, and they were you know four goals worse than they were in the U.S. So that's that's how how much the the you know situation cost them. So we will get to see. Um, it's it's, it's uh, like three goals, three goals actually, seven nil on that first. Oh, one. okay, good. But yeah. point taken. About half yeah, is yeah, good yeah, going yeah. away, which yeah, is about half is good. Too much of a dip, yeah. probably. Too much of a dip, absolutely. Um, and you know the field has something to do with it, and and getting used to the experience of travel. But this is how we do it. And so I'm I'm very happy because we get to progress to this next round of the hex where we're going to play. Uh, two real teams for sure. So we're going to play uh, Honduras in the semi, it sounded like, and then either Costa Rica or Mexico in the third place, the third place off. And I I am not sure actually if that is that home and away or a one-off. I, I hope it's home and away uh, because we need to play away games in Honduras uh, or in San Pedro Sula, or, oh, sorry, or in um, San Jose that that matter and, and that... Um, can can prepare us for the games that really really do matter uh, when it comes to World Cup qualifying, but kind of simulate that environment. That will only help us. So, I'm 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 excited that they they passed this test. I'm excited that disaster was averted, and uh, I see I see a slight bit of positivity in the in the whole situation. But we're I'm still very much Berhalter out based on the balance of a, a year, a full year under Berhalter, and I'm. You know, uh, our reasons for that are, are well chronicled, and it's going to take more, uh, you know, really, really convincing results to, to change my mind. Sure, 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 sure. Let's talk about the environment a little bit more here. I did, uh, I did want to highlight a couple things, how tiny it was, how bippity-boppity the grass was, and also how not present the crowd was, which was really odd. It was, yeah. you could hear... In the broadcast, you could just hear everything. I mean, Brad Guzan will not shut up. Uh, you could you could hear Greggy B yelling to players to step up, etc. Everything was in there. You could hear the American Outlaws. Shout out to the American Outlaws who made that trip. You could hear Donald um, Wine, was, the homie. I wonder if it was Donald Wine. I, yeah, he was there. He was yeah. there? That's incredible. I yeah. don't think he was capoing, but he was on TV. Okay, tight, 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 yeah. tight, 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 tight. Donald Wine, tight, the homie. Tight, tight, but you, tight. Can hear, you can hear the, the chants coming from what must, I'm guessing, was 30 people? Maybe something like that? Is that... <laughs> well, they said the, the Canada match was announced at 400. So I'm guessing, you know, the U.S. rolls a little deeper than Canada away from home. So maybe they, they made it to 800. We want. We definitely want on crowd difference. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> but it was odd, right? The whole thing had a very strange vibe. It was. It was weird. It was weird, and I, I I appreciated it for that because it just takes away every possible reason why you wouldn't do well, other than like the field and the environment, you yeah. know. And it's a very clear, just like A B test. The the home performance in uh, DC versus the the away performance. Um, and this is, this is the best it's going to get this. So if the U S dropped off half in this, uh, game, just because of the circumstances, well, imagine when there's a hostile crowd, imagine when the, you know, people are at the hotel keeping you up all night. Imagine when the field is, is, you know, not just like chunky, but like designed to like stop you, you know, when the grounds crew is like pulling weird tricks at halftime and all that stuff. Um, so it's 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 a, it's still worrying uh, that there was that much of a drop off, but you, it's hard to it's hard to fault the team that much for a really just completely dominant performance. I don't think Q 
Cuba had a single chance, really. Maybe the, there was like the one shot that was like shanked wide. Yeah, there was there That's was there was remember. a couple a couple little chances. One of them was a deflection. Um, Brad Guzan had a mm, yeah, Guzan you know, did a make seven point yeah. five yeah. save yeah. there. I think it got yeah. a lot more credit than it deserved, but it was a save. It was definitely Just by a contrast. Save. Yeah, right, right. All right. So here's my question about this game. You're talking about how it's uh, there's a dip. Um, there's a hypothetical U.S. that that doesn't dip at all, right? And when we go away, and that's what we want. My question for you is, what do we actually see on the field from that team versus what we saw from our team? Well, I think the the major component that was missing compared to the home performance against um, actually both home performances in the Nations League was the urgency and the the energy. And, you know, the weather plays something into that. I mean, I think it was like low 80s, I, I suppose. But that's not, that's really not oppressive. And, uh, you know, so it, it did definitely feel like there was a uh, a lack of that cutting edge that, that the team came into the, the Canada match with. And then some of the quotes from the players, I don't know if we even touched on this in the last game, but, um, you know, Dest was like, our goal is to kill them. <laughs> you know, Weston said something similar and, you know, it's the, the players were very intense going into the game and that showed on the field, you know, they were, uh, they, they had a lot of energy for, for chasing balls down even, even deep in the game and, and keeping Canada, um, on their heels a little bit. And, you know, so, so we were missing some of that. I think the, the early fluky goal probably, um, you know, gave gave our guys a little uh, breathing room that might have taken an edge off the the occasion because it was a must win, and so finding that first goal is always stressful. Um, but for me, yeah, if if we're going to succeed in these environments, we need to be able to ha- maintain that intensity, and that doesn't mean like a crazy press because I know you know we're going to play games in ninety five degree heat, hundred degree heat. It's just not practical. But what I mean is that, it, let's say we're sitting deep, sit deep and be aggressive, like like a viper, you know, like yeah. as soon as they cross the line of confrontation, we're, we're all over them. We're all over them for five seconds and then an action occurs and then we rest, you know. So it's it's a matter of it's it's not um, being at a five all the time. It's being at like a two sometimes and an eight sometimes. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So that killer uh, instinct, yeah. that's sort of the 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 timing of when to go for the, the, the stranglehold, so to speak. I wish I could come yeah, up with yeah. less morbid um, phrases to <laughs> yeah. describe this, but that's what it is. You know, it's like this, this sort of the calm uh, martial artist who, who it's is, like, yeah, who yeah. Springs it's like catching a bug. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and, and for me, I think that's, that's uh, something our team can do very well is, you know, be organized, be compact, kind of play together, communicate well, and then when it's time to act, to act decisively and and in unison, I think that makes sense. You know, we're we're never, not never, but currently we're not going to have the best touch. It's going to be hard for us to link passes the way that Berhalter wants. Unfortunately, I mean, I want him to keep trying, but but it's true. But what we can rely on is certainly you know unity, organization, and a and a tactical plan. And then I mean, a lot of it is it really comes down to individuals as well. And there's a thing. I like in players where they will just try to hit stuff, hit, hit the ball first time. And the reason I like that so much is because the temptation always as a player is when you're about to receive the ball, you want to make your pass as ideal as possible 
because it looks good, you know, when you, when you make a nice pass. So it's always tempting to like, you know, maybe you play one touch, maybe you play two, two touches and then you get the ball in the perfect position so that you can hit it the way that you want. And you kind of assess the shape of, you know, how the game is moving in front of you. And the, the trouble with that is that it allows the window of opportunity to close for certain players who are open at the very moment when you receive the ball. So what I want to see is a aggressive approach to uh, using the ball dangerously when we have it in in spots where the opponent is is compromised or in transition. So there were two moments I'll highlight from this game. One was a, um, I think it was like le- later in the first half, Sargent had, there's a sequence where Sargent had like a shot and then a rebound and another shot. And the second shot he took, he like, he, he he definitely could have hit it and he just kind of settled it and tried to like get it on the, in the perfect spot. And then ultimately it ends up getting blocked. And it's like, all you have to do is just kind of, you know, put something on it, you know, get some mustard on it and you're fine. But he just wasn't really sharp enough or quick enough in that, in that moment. And then, um, a, a moment I noticed late in the game was, uh, Reggie Cannon came on and then within like two minutes, there was a, a switch over the top from like left back that he just slammed into the box yeah. perfectly. And it was like, it was great technique, but <clears throat> what I like about it is just that he wasn't bothered by, you know, taking it down, settling it, getting it perfect. He was just, he was, he played it very urgently, you know, and that's the, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Even as much as the general team dynamic is that I want the players to be decisive and just, Go for it and try yeah. and stop thinking so much, you know, just, yeah, just yeah. be instinctive. And that's, what's great about a game like this. Like what I love about playing on such a crap field is it's sort of like training with like a, a bumpy, one of those bumpy bouncy things that goes yeah, in yeah, random yeah. directions. It's like, it's the, it's, it's so good for training your instincts. Like if you, right. you, you have to adjust, you have to kind of, trust your 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 touch and your your sort of your reflexes um and you have to trust your body and you also have to be willing to look silly to sometimes because it's gonna happen Mm -hmm. in a game like this and so for me this is this is a great opportunity uh to develop those strengths and to develop those the the raw parts of uh, of your game that ultimately make you a great player on a on a nice smooth premier league pitch yeah, um, those, yeah. Those talents come from you know that there's a reason why people who um, spend their childhoods playing in urban environments are have such good touch, you know, because mm-hmm. these the, these are imperfect areas and the ball is bouncing in all these weird ways and you're right. wearing you're wearing like your Timberland boots and you're you're still like <laughs> you're still like you know develop like developing your touch and your ability to do this without ever even thinking about it so the one and last thing on that is there's an entire part of the game that has nothing to do with the field which is that you can hit the ball into the air and you can head it so in those aspects there's no difference really so the the field just doesn't come into play whatsoever i would add to that your movement off the ball yeah, you're, which yeah, is, exactly. Which, so is, um, which is everything. That's the game. Right. You know? There's there's shape. There's movement. I saw one interesting uh, shape thing in this game, which was um, Weston ending up at left back a lot. So it mm-hmm. was like Lovitz. It, it was like I felt like Lovitz ended up higher even than Yedlin did, 
And um, and then when he would venture forward, uh, Weston would end up playing left back, which was interesting because we're used to like the six slash right back thing that they did for a little while. Yeah. So uh, that's an interesting level of, of circulation. Um, but I, I like it. I, I'm down with any ideas like that. And especially when you can have a player like Weston who's strength is that he could he could totally start a left back and do a great job um that's that's the kind of uh little quirk that i want to see it's like super easy it's very straightforward but it provides a certain edge in certain situations and and just like that little incremental value of throwing off man marking and destabilizing the defense and and you know getting people to make runs on the defensive side that are one yard off the angle that they really should have, that's valuable. So, uh, you know, anytime we can, we can just implement a tiny little trick that, you know, has some effect. I'm, I'm all for it. It's like, just simplify it down to one thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Improvements on the system. The system. The system. I had, I had a great revelation on that front. Um, watching the Man City documentary, All or Nothing, on Amazon, which is so good. It's an eight-episode docu-series on Man City from two years ago, I believe, uh, three years ago. And it's the entire season, behind the scenes. They've got a ton of incredible footage. I have no attachment to Manchester City, but by the end of it, I was like, I kind of hope they win <laughs> this game from two years ago. And I was, yeah, I was like, I was like, first of all, why are you rooting for Man City? Second of all, this game already occurred. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, so I, I was just particularly trying to note, you know, what Guardiola does to implement his, his ideas, you know, because the guy could, could write thesis paper after thesis paper on soccer tactics but when he is talking to his players, you know, a lot of it is is the very Klinsman-y side of of uh, effort and and dedication and pride in each other and belief in each other. And then when it comes to the tactics, you know, he's he's bringing like a couple players at a time. You know, he has his board and he's he's kind of showing the the overall game plan. But when it comes to these little little things that he wants to do, he's not really hitting everyone over the head with that. He's kind of just identifying that you know you two players you three players be aware that they're going to try to do this and this is what we're going to do to counter it mm. and it's just like let's let me give you just like one idea to go out on the field with because if if their heads are too full it's it's too hard to execute but yeah. you've seen him him you know use that he's like planting a little seed here and a little seed there and a little seed there and it all comes together into this cohesive picture but like each player isn't doesn't have to be pep to understand what he's doing. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Only Pep so that's, needs to see the whole picture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I took note of that. I think that's, that's a good model for what we need to be doing, um, with our coaching, especially in a national team environment, like, yeah. let alone, you know, when you see the players for a day or whatever, just like keep it simple. And, and I, I, I appreciated that. And I have liked that about the last two games that Berhalter has played is that it feels like there's a little less emphasis on this, on this, you know, mystical system and more it's just more you know we're gonna play four three three let's have, try to pass the ball let's just inject a couple nice concepts here and there and and you know play well and we're good players and we should win yeah all right so let's have a look forth shall we let's peek into the future we are future, going into future, future. future. we are going future. into uh sort of a lull 
Um, I'm and, yeah. and what what's the landscape for us? What comes next for this team? Yeah, so it's going to come thick and fast. We've got the nation, the na- the final round of the Nations League uh, in the that like March uh, and April, I think there's an April window. Um, the next full window, I don't think, is until March. So we'll have January camp. We'll have Nations League. We will have uh, Olympic qualifying around that time as well. Over the summer, we'll have Olympics. We'll have, I think, another round of uh, friendlies for the senior team. And then we'll have World Cup qualifying in the fall. So it's it's going to get real serious real fast. And I don't think the team is ready for that. I don't think we had enough time or enough... Um, we just didn't use the time. We had plenty of time. Yeah, we had plenty. Of, right, right. We haven't had enough time with with Berhalter, apparently, for him to implement his his concepts properly. And he's gone through so many iterations of it that it feels like he's just getting started. You know, um, but it's uh, it's 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 serious. It's crunch time. And I'm I'm you know getting back to that idea of of the Olympics being a, a pivotal tournament for us. I mean, just imagine what that would do if the team was able to put together a good performance, you know, make it to the Olympics and do well there. That's our core. You know, we could take, uh, in theory, we could have eight of our 11 starters play in the Olympics. And we, yeah, we could just bring essentially a senior 11 to, to that tournament. So it's a, it's, it's a really huge opportunity and I hope they take it as seriously as, as we think it is. So what do we want to see outside of the, let's say, you know, in, in the world at large for this, this, this group of players, the, the whole sort of player pool, what are we hoping for in the December, uh, month, in the month of December? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, December's a play, but you, you know, there's, a, right, there's right. a lot of club stuff going on and that's going to be sort of the, this is the first chapter of world cup qualifying is like, Who's showing up? Who's who becomes a name over the next who's six blossoming. months? Who's blossoming? Yeah, not, yeah, yeah, like, exactly. That we, that's not fully exactly. there yet. Yeah, because with those fall windows, like you had, you know, for instance, uh, Dest, you know, this year by the first window had played a game or something, maybe two games, and it or it was like still preseason, and it's like ah, I don't know, is it is it time? You know, obviously we always think it's time, but but in terms of like conventional thinkers they they it can be too soon so like what players need to do in order to break in for that world cup team is either ball out in the uh spring if you're over 23 or make it into that olympic team and and do well in the olympics so that that's the the basis by which the roster will be selected for qualifying and yeah so to that to that effect i mean looking at the winter the the way the winter works is is very dependent on the country you play in so the mls players are going to struggle to to kind of keep it up we'll have january camp um but you know honestly i would love to see some of our our better mls guys move on so i'd i'd love yeah. to see morris give it a shot um aaron long i don't know would be great. yeah aaron finally get aaron long somewhere else get i i'd love to see jackson ewell somewhere else i mean Reggie Cannon, there, there's a lot of these players are, I think they are ready for a step up and, and that would make sense. But for players who are um, in, in most countries, there's a break and the break is usually a great opportunity for the youngsters to get some time with the senior coach because the, the more senior players have more time off and uh, there's these like larger you know, training camps. And so there's, there's always 
new young players who emerge from that set of um, of camps and German German teams, Spanish teams, Italian teams. And um, then lastly, there are some countries that play additionally, you know, that play a lot throughout the winter, um, namely the British countries. So they the our players who are playing in clubs in Britain will uh, potentially gain opportunities to get playing time if they've been on the fringes. Uh, because there will be more more injuries, more more um, you know uh, player rotation and so on. So it, the winter is always a really interesting time for the club game all over the world, and it'll be it'll be awesome to see which gnats emerge this year from that uh, from that mix. Last year it was Adams basically who was the big yeah. winner, Sargent yeah. to a to a lesser degree. So this year it'll be someone else. We don't know yeah. yet. Let's go, Ledesma. Let's go, baby. Okay. That that would be just a treat. Yeah, Ledesma. That's. I mean, I'm going based solely off of what I saw from him in the under nineteen World Cup. But um, you know, Dest looked ready, and it turns out he was. And Ledesma looked ready to me too. Um, yeah. By the way, yeah, that's a great point. So for any of you who say that these these players can't just you know walk their way into the senior team just because they had a good U20 World Cup. Well, actually, they can. Actually, the best U20 players are definitely good enough for our senior team. So my yeah. senior team has has Chris Richards in it, uh, yeah. for instance. I actually yeah. did an 11, if you want to do that. Um, yeah. I, I did a 23. All fact. right. Well, let's hear yeah. that. Then we'll, we'll right. end on that. All right. So the 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 purpose of my 11 is... For senior games next year, so so let's just say these the Nations League matches in in March. You know, if I had to pick today, but for a game like that, uh, kind of who I would have picked for the game for for these this round of games if I was Berhalter. So I'll just run through it. The eleven first: uh, Pulisic, Sergeant Morris, uh, Adams, McKenney, and Tim Weah at the ten. This is no no injuries. Everybody's available. Interesting Weah at the ten decision. Like it. <laughs> yep, squeezing him in. Uh, Backline: Dest, Brooks, Miazga, Yedlin, and Ooh. Zach Steffen. On the bench, I have Guzan and Ethan Horvath back from the dead because I'd rather give him minutes than anyone else. At defense. Uh, Aaron Long, Chris Richards, Reggie, and Anthony Robinson. Midfielders, Ledesma, Morales, Legette, and Nagby. This is also a fantasy world where Nagby wants to play for the Nats. <laughs> <laughs> and at forward, I put uh, Ariola as the, the, the utility winger. I guess Nagby could be there too. Uh, Josie and Mason Toy. The the, Ooh, the young American who's been Mason doing well for the U23s. Toy, like it. So that's that's where I would be at. I mean, so I, you would I, do Mason Toy, not Gio Reyna. Uh, yeah, I don't. Well, I don't have Reyna yet. I think, yeah, that's that's maybe a, a year off, a year yeah. or two off. But I I think Ledesma is today's Gio Reyna, basically. Yeah. Who like he's? I just think he's ready, and and he he looks he looks good. He's he did. Well, the the twenties, and I think just get on in here. Same same with Chris Richards. I mean, if you're starting regularly in the third tier in Germany, I mean that is honestly not that much lower of a standard than MLS. So I'm um, I just want you in here. 
if you're if he you're one of the best players at the U twenty World Cup, and then you're starting for a team like that. It's like yeah, the the reason why I go Ledesma and not immediately Chris Richards is just that when I watch this team, I I don't think center back is the problem really. Yeah, you're right. It's you're it's, right. You know, creation is the problem. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But but I'm with you. If it's if all things equal, if the eleven was eleven equally bad players. Uh, or equally, you know, whatever. If it's if it's if it's even, I think they're they're both ready. Um, right. But the, another thing is that for center backs, you know, they have a lot. Their their best years are farther away from twenty than it than a number ten. So I want to yes. get yeah, you're I want right. to get these attacking players in as young as possible, and I'm okay with letting you know Miles Robinson or Chris Richards like develop over time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I would be very happy with a Miles Robinson in that slot instead. You know, it it, it gets tough. I I, I got to respect for Halter. You know, it's tough to, to put a twenty three together. <laughs> it's harder uh, than you thought it was. Huh? <laughs> harder than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, I had to had to make some cuts I didn't want to make. You know, um, yeah. but I and I was I was interested like looking back on it. You know, looking at this this year of Berhalter, the players who he likes that I also like. Venn diagram is is kind of neat. Like, it just reminds me that it's not all, you know, this alternate dimension, that there is some basis of reality. Like, I, we, we, we both seem to like Alfredo Morales, Legette, Aaron Long. Sure. Paul, sure. Paulie Nips, Areola. Sure. I'm, I'm fine with all these players, and I think they're, they, they add something. Especially like, and the, the, the older players who I'm bringing to this dinner party have to be outstanding. Like, they, they just have to be so good that it's worth sacrificing the chance at bringing a younger player in. And they have to be, you know, potential leaders as well. So I've got, I don't know, I've got six or seven guys in here who you would put in that category where they've, they've been around the team, they know the team, and they can help bring on those, those, those younger players and show them, you know, how this all works. And I think and that makes sense. It's just, it, but what doesn't make sense is like 20 of those guys and then three. Or, yeah, a mediocre 28-year-old. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is exactly. not worth it. So no, you go Altador, not Bradley, though for the. Uh... Yeah, I, I didn't have Bradley. I, I don't know. I I've been an apologist for a long time, but the performances, just like on the merits, like no, you know, bias on his style or history or effort or anything. Just like watching his effect on games has it has deteriorated a lot. And yeah. I know, I know he can play a ball that Jackson Ewell can't play. He does a lot of things that a Jackson Ewell can't do. Um, but I, I'm hoping to have much better players than Jackson Ewell, who are the benchmark for, for what Bradley would need yeah. to do. So, all right, well there you have it, folks. Reach out to us on Twitter. Give us your twenty threes, your elevens. We want to hear those. Uh, anything else for the peeps before we go into our winter break? You know, we're not going anywhere. We're gonna have a bonus sode here and there. Yeah, we're the gonna next, have uh, hopefully some exciting sodes and yeah. and yeah, keep it keep it tuned. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep these. And we've got the peeps, of course. We got the peeps so look, coming up. Look forward to that around around uh, holiday time. We'll have our our special year end roundup. It's gonna be a real doozy this year. Yeah, <laughs> the year to of it, Greggy B. The year of Greggy B and the the Women's World Cup. She the peeps. Oh year, my god! You know, there's a lot of good stuff to talk about. I think I love. Oh, <laughs> sorry. In the in the broadcast, they kept talking about the the uh, movie they were showing next on FS1, which was <laughs> it was like some it was like Summer of Passion. 
or something like that. And it was like, follow the U.S. women's national team on their glorious run in France. And the U.S. men in the Gold Cup. <laughs> Tonight yeah. after the game. <laughs> it's like a documentary they designed to be like equally like cool because it's like these two teams and you're seeing the differences between them. And it's really just depressing to watch the men. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Stay with us all. That's, the, that's, the, the, that's our life. Story of our life. Uh, that's, you know. That is depressing it. to watch the men? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but thank God for those for those lady gnats, the uh, the good gnats. Thank God, thank God for the good gnats. Reeling off consecutive wins to win the World Cup against what was it? It was like Sweden, Chile, Spain, England, France, Netherlands. Ridiculous. France, England, Netherlands. Oh my God! Ridiculous. And just imagine the men going on a win streak like that. <laughs> Like, Twitter almost imploded when we beat Germany and the Netherlands in friendlies, and <laughs> Bobby Wood was, like, the best player in the world for seven days. I miss that. I miss that uh, so much. Oh, my God. The Klinsman Crazy power. The Klinsman magic dust. <laughs> the voodoo. <laughs> the martinis. The Julian Green uh, martinis. Dave oh. Sarakan took baby Julian to the, to the Stade de France, and, and we drew with France. <laughs> a month before the World Cup. So awesome. Unreal. Unreal. Alrighty, My the folks. things we've seen. <laughs> we'll another go, we'll, year in the books. Another year in the books, baby. I love it. I love Peeps Time personally. It's when we get to we get, a lot of what's cool about this show is actually not the soccer and so that's what Peeps is all about. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um okay, cool. So I love it when a frame fits just <laughs> right. You know? Uh, not all frames fit perfectly. Sometimes you can't find the right one. Who wants to order a custom frame? Nobody. So when it works out, I'm I'm happy about that. I also like it when a uh a a, a ride share order is cheaper than you expected it to be. It does Ooh. happen from time to time. Sometimes nice. you're just used to those peak hour pricing, you know. Um, you get a you get a nice cheap ride, and I also. Love it uh, when my when I acclimate to the new weather. So we're going into this cold season. <laughs> the first couple attempts at living in cold weather have been rough, but I know it's coming. My body's gonna get used to it, and I'm gonna be good at good gravy, baby, no problem. But I don't love any of that stuff as much as I love the Nats. Let's go, boys. Twenty twenty, here we come. Olympic 2020 champs. vision, baby. 2020 <laughs> vision. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people. It's we the people.